0: Podcast on the road again on this Saturday night. Coming back from Champaign after Purdue basketball drops a 66 58 decision to Illinois at State Farm Center. Going to take a break from the Beatles countdown on the Beatles channel. Fine, twist so fine. Yep, the Beatles are, are rocking on the satellite radio. It's usually my my channel to get me home, is the Beatles channel, because I don't think there's really any other sports that are going on. Maybe the um, Orange Bowl, A&M, and North Carolina, I think, are playing, but that holds very little interest with me until 2027, when Purdue plays North Carolina. But we're here to talk about basketball, Purdue basketball, Uh, another loss. Another road loss, another loss to a ranked team, which, in the big picture, not all that bad. And really, this is, uh, you know, this is uh, who this Purdue team is, is kind of going to be. And uh, while I know fans and the coaches and the players, you know, they want to win every game, but this this year, as we as we've stated numerous times. This, this is a year of, you know, this is about the long, the long term, the bigger, the bigger picture down the road. It's not about short term. It's not about trying to somehow believe and think that this team can win a championship this year because it can't and it won't. It doesn't make them a bad team. It's just that's what they're up against this year, with what's in the league. Who they are, who they have playing, a, a combination of factors. But you know, tonight we, I think we saw some, uh, something similar that we saw at Rutgers, where you know Purdue got down in the first half, came back, took the lead, and then had another bad stretch. Um, and that's that's just a process they have to get through and you're dealing with a lot, of, a lot of young players on the floor, a lot of players that are, are doing it for the first time. Um, and the other factor in all this, in, in my opinion, is that, and, and Painter brought it up after the game, uh, you know, he's playing a lot of players. So which, you know, which combinations really can get you through these stretches? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that yet. Because I think everyone's trying to figure it out. Now, if he had, you know, if he was playing five, six, seven players, I think you live, you live with the good stretches, you live with the bad stretches. But this is your group, and that's what you do. But I think, you know, I think it's a good thing that he, and it should be a good thing that he's committed to playing so many players this year. Just. You know, in part to see who who reacts how to different situations. Who are the guys that are going to step up in crunch time? I think we've, you know, I think some of those answers are, are. I think we're seeing over the course of the year. Brandon Newman is one, is a, you know, is a guy that you can lean on uh, when things get tough, and he's gonna he's gonna carry you through most nights. Um, and there's other guys that have shown that ability. But, you know, th- again, this whole season's about kind of laying a foundation, getting it in place, and then you're starting at a higher level next season as you jump into hopefully what will be a normal uh, offseason into a normal non-conference season into a normal Big Ten season. And, again, everybody had to deal with it. Purdue had had to deal with it. Um, But I think a lot of other teams have more experience, veteran players. And Purdue's just not there yet. They're just not there yet. And, you know, the question is, at what point do they get there this year? Uh, They might. I mean, you also have to remember who they're playing. You know, the three the three road games they've lost in the Big Ten are to Iowa, are to Rutgers, are to Illinois. I mean, three teams that you would, you know, two of those teams for sure will contend for the the Big Ten title. You know, Rutgers probably is a little bit on the outside, but they have the talent to do it, and they got uh, Ron Hopper Jr. back today, but they still lost uh, to Iowa. But they've played three of the of the most talented teams uh, in the league on the road so far. I mean that that will that should pay off. Should pay off Tuesday when they play Nebraska. Um, I mean, this, to be brutally honest, I mean that's a game Purdue must win, and it must show that it's learned some lessons uh, from from these road games to apply there. Now, will it pay off when they go to Michigan State? You know, who knows? Probably not. Will it pay off when they go to Indiana? it has got a good chance to. And that would be kind of eight games. And they went, you know, uh, Purdue's first eight games, five are going to be on the road. And if you could, you know, somehow steal another road win, or steal a road win, not another one, but steal a road win coming up either at Michigan State or Indiana, you know, I think that puts Purdue in a pretty good position going into the second half of the season to kind of finish... Somewhere, anywhere between five and ten, and I think that's realistically where this where this team can be this year. Um, so, but you know, with tonight's game, they you know Purdue got off to a both teams got off to a, sh- a, a slow shooting start. I, you know, on our credit, you know I thought Purdue's defense was a little bit better tonight. Uh, they helped a little bit more than what they did against Rutgers. Um, They challenged a a few more shots, especially on the perimeter, than they did against Rutgers. Um, But offensively, I thought Illinois kind of took them out of what they wanted to do and and then I thought Purdue rushed some shots. They took quick shots. Uh, They took bad shots. Uh, They took poor shots. Uh, And as Painter said after the game, those are just as bad as turnovers. They don't show up in the turnover column, but they're turnovers because it's giving them runouts. It's allowing them to get in transition um, and so on and so forth. And uh, that was, um, you know, that that hurt Purdue. I think they, at one stretch, they missed 16 of 17 shots. They, They just couldn't get the ball to go in the basket for a variety of reasons, a lot of it I thought was Illinois' defense and you have Kofi Coburn in there just a big mass of humanity that can alter shots he's going to push you around Yeah, you know, Travion could have got a couple calls that put him to the free throw line but he didn't and he admitted after the game that he, he let that maybe affect him uh, throughout the first half but despite all that Purdue's within three points twice you know with under five minutes to go so they're still they haven't lost contact with Illinois they're still right there and then boom Illinois hits them at the end of the half with uh, a couple three pointers a uh, 10-0 run you know Aaron Wheeler hits a three at the end of the first half and produced down ten when they were just down by by two, two or three and you know, that was a bit demoralizing. But, as you know, Purdue came out and scored the first 17 points of the second half. And, you know, they had the lead. They had, they appeared to have control of the game. Um, but their, their bugaboo all year has been turnovers. And then, once they got the six-point lead, they... I think they committed five turnovers on eight possessions, and just like a snap of a finger, Illinois got the lead back, got control. Uh, Purdue made a couple pushes, made a couple runs, uh, but just could not get get really any closer than six. Um, you know, Illinois is really good. I mean, I, I think they're I think they're really good. They have the uh, they have the good. They have a good combination of uh, inside and outside with I.O. and then Kofi. Uh, they've got some really good uh, role players that, that know what they're supposed to do. Um, I just passed a the cop there, but I don't think he must have been sleeping. But they have you know have good role players that know what to do. Um, and you know, they, they, they kinda know where they need to be when they need to be there. And, you know, they've got uh, you know, Williams is, you know, one of the top shooters in the uh in the nation from the three point line. And, you know, he hit a couple threes at the uh end of the first half. And then, you know, Illinois just kinda stretched the lead out. They hit some big shots, made some stops. Um you know yeah, Purdue just, you know, just could not put together another stretch. Um, right now, they're 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 kind of they're they're at the extremes of their uh, of their runs of their stretches. They have good ones and then they have bad ones. They they need a little bit of middle ground, um, and they just need players uh, to step up and you know stop these these stretches or add to these stretches, which they got tonight from Newman and Travion Williams at the start of the second half. But another thing I think that, you know, and this ties into kind of the quick shots, the poor shots, is just having a, an awareness of the situation. What you need when you, if you're down three at whatever time in the game. You know, having a basketball awareness about you, knowing that, okay, the other teams just scored six straight points, I mean, unless you have a clear path to the basket or a clear transition or just a clear shot, then maybe that's the, the best time to run some offense uh, and maybe punch the ball inside to, to Travion. Um, and I, I thought that part probably was lacking more tonight uh, than maybe the Rutgers game. It's just understanding the situation and what you need in that moment. And you need, you need different things on different possessions. You don't need the same thing on every possession. Um, and I think, I think this team will grow into that. You know, it, it, sometimes when this team gets down, or they're in one of those bad stretches. I just get a feeling that there's a handful of players and there might, you know, there might be two or three on the floor at the same time who feel like they're going to make a, you know, a 10-point play. They're going to get it back all at once with a with a quick shot. And that's not how the game works. And now, I think as they they learn as they learn through that, uh, I think they'll be better in these stretches. I think they'll be better getting themselves out of bad stretches which you're gonna have, um, knowing when to take shots, knowing when to pass, uh, knowing when to slow it down, knowing when to speed it up. Um, and your veterans should be able to help you navigate that right now. Um, And I'm not sure that's happening as much as it should. I mean, Eric Hunter did not have a a good night tonight. Um, Second straight game where he's he hasn't played up to his standards or what he believes is his standards and what everybody believes is his standards. He's not the reason they lost. But they need Eric Hunter to play well in these kind of games. They need Eric Hunter to play well every game, because these are going to be these games are going to happen every time they play, because they're just they're not they're not separated that far from from all the teams in the league. I mean, they're just you know Nebraska is a team that you know on paper Purdue should be able to handle, but they went out there last year and got their butt kicked. By, by Nebraska. So, um, but Purdue needs Eric Hunter to perform well. And, again, that's back-to-back games where he hasn't performed well. I think he was 0-6 tonight. And he did, you know, he did have four rebounds. He had four assists. He had three turnovers. Um, and, you know, when he's not in the game, they miss his presence defensively. And... Needs, that's why he needs to be on the floor as much as possible uh, to help them, you know, defensively. Uh, but that, you know, Purdue is a team right now. They need all their pieces to kind of function and work together at the same level to get wins in the Big Ten. I think, we, you know, we saw that against Ohio State. We saw it, for the most part, against Maryland. Didn't see it against Iowa. Didn't see it against Rutgers. And didn't see it against Illinois. And that's just who Purdue is right now. That's that's who they have to be. Um, but in doing all that, they need guys to step up and make plays. They need guys to, to be the go-to guy. Um, so, again, it's another... You know, I just think they're probably going to have to grow into who they're going to be. And that may not happen this year. You may not get a final verdict on that this season. But some of it will depend on how many games they actually play. And up till now, they've been able to get them all in. And in case you haven't heard, Wisconsin at Penn State on Sunday has been postponed. So that's the first, I believe that's the first conference game that has been affected by uh, now they haven't come out and said COVID but they just, you know, the health and safety and all that kind of stuff uh, was part of the release that I read but I believe that's the first conference matchup that has been affected by uh, the virus or a positive test you know, I, I don't know the details exactly what happened but it's a It's a postponement, it's not a cancellation. They'll look to reschedule and they left, uh, reschedule that game later in the year. And they've left, they've left some open dates later in the year to try, knowing that they would probably have to uh, postpone some games during the course of the season. And now, to me, you just kind of watch what happens over the next week or so. Because we're getting into that window of, Ten days to two weeks after Christmas. Where did, you know, were people able to go home? Who they interact with? Are we, you know, are we, we going to see something like that, or is this, just, is this just going to be one blip on the COVID radar for the Big Ten? Um, that to me, that's going to be very interesting to, to follow. And as I think I said on the last uh, podcast, as we. The Illinois Highway Department needs to do some work on the roads. Um, that I'm really curious about what happens with women's basketball. Not in the immediate aftermath of Christmas, but 10 days to two weeks after, or two weeks after uh, Christmas, are we going to see some games get postponed because of positive tests, or did they did they really take care of themselves? And, um, Put themselves in the best situation to finish out the year. And, you know, now with this, the men's game between Wisconsin and Penn State postponed, just, you know, I just, that's something to keep an eye on. I, you know, that's just something to keep an eye on as uh, as we get through this thing. And um, everybody pushes ahead and is eager to play. And they want to play because there's so much money involved. Um, but anyway, back to back to this basketball team. It's it's just going to be a you know you're just going to have to to live through the ups and downs. You're going to have to um, you know enjoy the wins when they come, and then not de- get too haywire after losses because um, you know there's there's more losses coming. So they 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 played they played a tough schedule, but everybody else in the Big Ten's played a tough schedule too. Uh, there's more tough teams out there. There's more tough games coming their way. You know, you just look for little signs and little things that sh- that show progress, that show growth. Um, you know, turnovers would be one uh, where they get those numbers down. They're still in the double digits. Um, still too high. Still a lot of unforced turnovers. Uh, so, you know, it's it's... Areas like that, should you look for, you know, how to, you know, when the other team does get on a run of six, eight, ten points, is there someone stepping up to stop that run? Is there someone that can can curb that momentum? And who is that? Again, I've identified Brandon Newman as as one of those guys. I think Travion can be one of those guys, but he needs help getting the ball. Um, and I think there's a lot of guys on this team that are capable of being run stoppers. Uh, you know, Sasha Stefanovic is one. Eric Hunter's another. Uh, Jaden Ivey's another. Uh, you, you probably go right down the list, uh, and you know, pinpoint four, five, six, seven guys that can be that guy that that steps up. But it also has to come within the framework of what they're trying to do. And yeah, you know, to me, that's important because of how Painter runs his system. And all that. He, you know, yes, there. Guys can, you know, freelance and do some other stuff. But you know, is it coming within the framework of the offense? Is it coming, you know, with with what they're trying what they're trying to do? And just having an awareness out there on the court of what's needed at that moment. And you know, those are signs I think that you look for uh, with this team. You know, are they learning that? Are they learning those things? And as they do. Games like tonight, you know, they're 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 still in doubt as you get deeper into the game, deeper into the second half. That you get down to the last few possessions, you still got a chance to win. It's not a free throw sh- shooting situation. And the other thing with tonight, I think you have to keep it in mind. And you know, Painter brought it up. I think Illinois was nine for twenty-two at the line, and that's not what they normally shoot. And during Purdue's nineteen oh run, I believe Kofi Coburn um I think he might have missed four free throws. So right there's an example of Illinois had a chance to stop or kind of slow down Purdue's run there in the second half, but they missed free throws. They had the wrong guy at the line at the right at the wrong time. In Purdue's case it was the right guy at the line at the right time. Uh So those are, you know, those are things that, uh, you know, I I think you look for from this team throughout the rest of the year. And if, you know, if they learn some of those lessons, if they get some of those things, um, if they can overcome some of the turnovers, you know, they're going to have to play through those turnovers because they're going to happen. But that just gives you a, a better foundation as you go into next year about what you might be able to do and as I said earlier, I think you you are you, at a better starting point next season because of everything that you're going through this year. Now, don't misunderstand me. I I believe this team they're they're not they're not one of the top fours. They're not one of the bottom fours. They're in the middle. But I think they have a chance to move up from the middle, just below the top the top of the league, Um, but you need to win games like tonight, uh, and you need to take care of business on the road with a couple other games, along with protecting uh, your home court. So, a lot more games to be played, hopefully, if uh, Purdue can avoid the COVID situation, Um, and a lot more things to figure out about this team. I mean, I think... It's, it's interesting every game to see what unfolds because you don't... Yes, there there has been a pattern to their losses. There has been a pattern to their games. Um, with turnovers kind of being the, the overriding headline of, uh, of who this team is. But, you know, I think you, see, you do see some little things every now and then in games that, that tell you that they are heading... Uh, in the right direction Uh, i think it's fair to say that you need to see more of it as you get deeper into the season and i you know and i think i think that you will you know i think there's a i think there's a, a lot of talent on this team individual talent it's just getting it all to work together and that's the job of the coaching staff and that's the job of the upperclassmen to to kind of tie this thing all together um you like to have, you know, you want it to happen from day one, but it does never happens from day one. Um, so there's still a lot to play for for Purdue, and a lot to, a lot to, a lot for them to accomplish uh, as they navigate the, the Big Ten season. Well, we appreciate you stopping by uh, for another edition of the Bowlers Extra podcast. Uh, again, Purdue back in action on Tuesday against Nebraska at Mackey Arena. Um, the Huskers are having a rough time uh, so far this season. Um, so, but it's a game that I think Purdue needs to win, has to win, uh, because uh, of the of, of the position where they where they want to be, where they need to be, and you can't be losing to Nebraska at home if you want to be know, first of all, if you want to be in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year, this would be a this would be a damaging loss but I also think that Purdue, uh, Purdue I think Purdue's still in a pretty good position to take care of business against teams like Nebraska and some of the some of the teams that are going to be at the the lower, lower end of the league. Um uh, and to me that's more of a uh, true test as far as um what the future means for for this group is being able to take care of business against the teams you should take care of business against. You know, they did it against Ohio State, and they should have because Ohio State didn't have its leading scorer and its top rebounder. So they should have taken care of business that night, and they did. You know, they did against Maryland. They had to hold on. Needed to make some plays, but, they you know, they got it done. You know, Rutgers and Iowa... Illinois all different you know they're they're just a, a notch or two above Purdue right now uh doesn't mean they can't beat them it just they're a notch or two above um uh, and if you know they get get and there's other teams that they're that are going to be a notch or two above and they're going to have an opportunity to to beat those teams uh but you got to clean up the mistakes you got to clean up some of the things that uh we saw tonight and then uh know get another shot at it all right well uh definitely be back after Tuesday night's game against Nebraska to wrap that one up and then any 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 breaking news or any uh, situation uh regarding football with uh, the search for coaches and uh stuff like that uh we'll be ready to to do a an emergency podcast <laughs> if you want to call it that? Uh, as we all know, a big hire for Jeff Brom on the defensive coordinator uh, really needs to make this one work. Uh, I'm sure you've already saw Texas fired its coach today, uh, and they had their head coach already lined up. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to look at that, and that's probably for another another podcast. But a member of uh, Texas's staff. Mark Hagan used to be a coach at Purdue back under Joe Tiller and, and Danny Hope. Uh, he's also coached at IU. He's also coached at Texas a- A&M. Um, I, I think he'd make a really good defensive coordinator, but I'm not sure that uh, if that's what he wants to do, number one, but also whether he would fit into, you know, how the Brahms want to operate. And he's probably got more connections that I use since he actually played there than he does Purdue. But he would be a guy that, if I was searching for a defensive coordinator, he'd be a guy that I would I would talk to at least uh, and see. But I, I don't I don't get the sense I don't get the sense over the last year or two that um, Purdue's really interested in general, as an athletic department. I don't think Purdue's really interested in hiring former people. He's not an alum, but either whether it be alums or former people who coached or played here as part of the coaching group. I I think that has shifted uh, dramatically since Morgan Burke left. Um, Remember when Morgan was The A.D. and Purdue, um, you know, hired a lot of alums, you know, thinking that their loyalty would, would, you know, keep them here longer. And (laughs) bottom line is, work for less money. I mean, that's kind of was the philosophy behind it. But I think the I think the current administration really doesn't believe in that. Uh, now if there was a a no brainer for any kind of coaching position regardless of the sport and that person was a Purdue alum then um, I, you know, I think they would go in that direction but I I get the sense that that's not a priority for them and it doesn't need to be a priority for anyone but um, you, you'd like to have people around that at least understand Purdue have a have a passion for Purdue um to, to kind of make it work uh, you know just you want people that are invested in Purdue instead of being invested in something else and, and I think you can have success that way but anyway that's, that's off topic I apologize for rambling uh, even deeper into the night as we navigate our way home no snow as of yet it's almost 11 o'clock eastern time Uh, I thought I saw in the news there might be some snow overnight, Uh, uh, but we have not encountered any. But I have passed two salt trucks, so when the salt trucks are out, that tells you the snow is on the way or there's something coming. Uh, So you may wake up Sunday morning. If you're in the uh, Lafayette, Tipping New County area or central Indiana area, you might have some, some snow deal with. I don't think it'll be a lot, but you might have some. All right, we appreciate you stopping by for, what, the fifth time. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll be back after Tuesday's game against Nebraska uh, with another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast.